This is Fine Rambles. Rambles number 63. So, so uh, some good news. I finally figured out how to put this podcast on Spotify. So if you prefer to listen to things there, my millions of listeners, you may now do so. It's really, it's amazing to see how podcasting is evolving. <laughs> you have you have so many new podcasts all the time. You have such a diversity of voices. I love listening to like a Jocko podcast and then listening to, I don't know, Call Her Daddy <laughs> or or listening to uh, like Bridget Phetasy and then listening to Brett Weinstein. I love I love the contrast in some of these voices. And Eric Weinstein, who is Brett's brother, he just launched his own podcast. And his first guest was his boss, <laughs> Peter Thiel. And one of Eric's peccadillos or, or one of his, uh, you know, cause celebras or, or one of his pet peeves. <laughs> God damn it, Matt. What are you doing? Reading? reading out of a thesaurus today, one of the things he likes to talk about is the H-1B visa problem. And this was something I hadn't really understood. I hadn't really understood how these monopolistic tech companies, the Googles, the Amazons, the Microsofts, had essentially conspired to bring over highly educated Indians, and I think most of them are Indians, and exploit them, exploit this vulnerable workforce who are dependent on their employers to remain in the country, right? You have, if Google hires an engineer from India based on an H-1B, they own them. They can, they can revoke that visa and, and they can sort of destroy this person's life. And, you know, this has a couple different consequences. It drives the price of labor down across STEM fields because you have this artificial increase in supply and you have vulnerable people being exploited because these companies have control over their lives. And, you know, that was a story I didn't know. And then, (laughs) you know, the scary thing is you see one example of something and you start to see it everywhere. And, you know, we don't have slavery anymore, (laughs) right? 200 years ago, slavery was ubiquitous, right? Until the 19th century, slavery was the rule across the globe. There were slaves everywhere. And it was a slavery based explicitly on violence. Today, we have the new slavery. It's not based explicitly on violence, but the threat of violence is always there. It's always in the background. And the new slavery today is based on lies. It's based on lies. And slaves used to be property. Now they're disposable. And they are disposable and they work hard and they are exploited based on a promise that is broken. And again, you start to look at things through this lens, you start to see the new slavery everywhere. So, you know, putting H-1B to the side for a second, the easiest example, the clo- and probably the closest thing to actual slavery, is that we've simply offshored slavery. You know, we've simply offshored it to, to China is 
probably the easiest example, although, you know, Bangladesh is probably a close second. They don't have labor laws in China, right? They don't have a minimum wage in China. Another example, a little more politically sensitive example, is illegal immigration. Why do you think, (laughs) why do you think the powers that be, the rich people, the employers at these corporations are all on the side of illegal immigration because they benefit. They are the ones who benefit from this influx of labor. It's exactly the same thing as the H-1B problem. You can undercut salaries and wages and benefits for, for, for Americans and for legal immigrants because you have excess labor coming in illegally. And those people are vulnerable who is more vulnerable in this country than an illegal immigrant? An employer can, can ride roughshod over them. They don't have to give them benefits. They don't have to give them health care. They don't have to obey minimum wage laws. They can simply threaten them at any time to call ICE. You want more money? You want air conditioning? You want bathroom breaks? One sec, let me get on the phone and have your ass deported back to Mexico. It is the poor. It is the poor worker who is being hurt by illegal immigration. It is the rich, it is, it is the, the employers who are benefiting from illegal immigration. Another example, man, and this one just burns me up, is prisoner labor. America has 2.2 million, 2.2 million people in prison. And what do they do? They contract them out as as prison labor to companies like like Microsoft and Whole Foods and and Starbucks you know and i, I you know and maybe this is a bridge too far but i think soldiers and athletes are in this same camp soldiers look 100% of soldiers have ptsd it's it's a spectrum issue they all come back with problems 6000 veterans kill themselves every year 6000 okay and we treat them like shit. We treat them like shit and we make a promise to them when they go overseas and we break it to them the second they come home. Athletes, it's the same thing. We lie and we lie and we lie to these student athletes. We tell them they're getting an education when they're not. We tell them that they have a future when they don't. In the NFL, the incidence of brain damage is 100%. I mean, these are the modern gladiators in the arena killing themselves for our amusement. And, you know, people say they make a lot of money. They don't make a lot of money. The average NFL rookie makes, I think it's $325,000. And yeah, that sounds like a lot, but, you know, half goes to taxes and then you get the agent. I mean, we've all seen Jerry Maguire. Like, how much do they take home of that money? And the average NFL player stays in the league for three years. Three years. You know, they, they come in young and dumb, blinded by lies, blinded by promises, and then they're injured and brain damaged at 24, and they're fucked. They're fucked. And we look at those people, and <laughs> those are the winners in this pyramid system where we funnel tens of thousands of athletes into it every year at the high school level or the middle school level even, and they winnow and winnow and winnow, right? And, the, and these are the winners, right? These are the ones we hold up as the examples of what you get if you succeed, brain damage and a three-year career. And on the other hand, the owners, right? The owners of these companies 
and uh, the owners of the sports teams and and the media companies are just raking in billions of dollars a year on this labor that they exploit and that they lie to. And then they hold up like fucking LeBron James and Tom Brady. Like, oh, look, be distracted. Be distracted by the two exceptions. All right, so this, (laughs) at the risk of grabbing the third rail of political discourse, I want to take this a step further. I think women have been lied to and exploited in a very similar way, in a very similar way. The lean in mentality of Sheryl Sandberg, I think, is destroying a generation of women because they are being lied to for the exact same reason. The employers love lean in. The system loves lean in. Oh, wait, we're going to have we're going to double the labor force. We're going to double the number of potential employees. There's no more jobs where we're going to double the amount of supply. Well, guess what? Guess what? Prices are going to go through the fucking floor. We don't have to pay anyone anymore if there's twice the amount of people who want the same job. And, and, and the only reason they can get them into these jobs is by, you know, do you guys remember? You don't, of course you don't remember. Women didn't smoke. <laughs> Women didn't smoke. And the tobacco companies had already saturated the male market. And they were like, we need to grow. We need more fucking people to get cancer and die. Okay, so how are we going to do this? And the answer was, we're going to figure out a way to make women smoke. And the way they did it is they made it cool, right? Oh, menthols, you know, it's cool to smoke. It's independent. Be a feminist. Smoke cigarettes. And it worked. The lies work. And the same lies are being peddled to women today. The employers say, come work for me. Leave the home. Ignore a billion years of biology. Ignore tradition. It'll be more fulfilling for you to work for a stranger than to spend time with the people that you love most in the world. (laughs) Make that trade-off and do it voluntarily. And then, you know, take all the money you make and use it to pay the stranger that raises your children instead of you. It's insane. It's insane. It's a lie and people believe it. And by the time they figure it out, it's too fucking late. Another example. All right, what's the big rallying cry right now for why the economy is doing so well? The gig economy, right? Uber, you know, DoorDash, Amazon Delivery. This is a simple exploitation of the young and the healthy. These people aren't employees. They don't get health care. They don't get benefits. There's no pension plan waiting for them. They're just disposable contract workers. And they're told, work whenever you want, Right. And they're like, oh boy, I'm young and healthy. I'm going to work really hard and make a lot of money. And then they go out there and they do that. And they don't realize they're simply borrowing energy and their own health from the future. They're not creating any real value, right? They think they're making a lot of money. They're simply borrowing that value from the future. And then in a couple of years, when they can't drive 90 hours a week, when they can't do the kind of backbreaking labor demanded by these corporations... They have nothing to fall back on. They've been sucked dry. And by then, again, (laughs) when they realize the lie, it's too fucking late. And the example, you know, I've used this example before, but it's, again, I think it's very applicative or is that the right word? It can be applied to this lens or this lens can be applied to it. These broken hierarchical industries, finance, law, medicine, the academy. These are industries based on broken promises. For years, for generations, that these were pretty good industries, and they were based on the promise of advancement. If you were a law associate, 
you, they told you, look, work for 10 years, 90 hours a week, make shit money, have no life, destroy your health, but at the end of it, we'll make you partner. Same idea for, for doctors, same idea for analysts in finance, same idea for you know, grad students at the universities. Eat ramen for five to 10 years, make $20,000, $30,000 a year, but don't worry, you'll make professor and then you'll get tenure. That is a broken promise. That is a lie. Now, you still have to work like a dog for a decade for no money and destroy your life, but the, the, the brass ring at the end is gone now. For you to become a partner, for you to become a professor, you need growth, <laughs> right? You need growth in the industry, and that growth is gone, right? So the industries and the academy, they bait and they switch the 30-year-old, right? They lie to them for a decade, they exploit them for a decade, and then instead of promoting them, they give them the finger and the shaft and the pink slip. Have a nice day. Go fuck yourself. There is a thread that runs through each of these examples. People sacrificing years, decades of their lives based on a promise that is a lie. It is a lie. So they lie to you and they say, be happy about it. Swallow the lie. Work hard. We won't give you anything in return except more lies. But you know what? Be a happy pack mule or else, or else, because we own you now. We own you. And if you don't toe the line, if you don't say what we tell you to say, if you don't believe what we tell you to believe, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we will, we will throw you away like a dirty Kleenex. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. Matt, you're going to, uh, <laughs> you're going to have to Rename your podcast Fine Fine Rants. Rants and uh, and not fine rambles. But <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> right? When 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 a generation gets angry that it was sold a bill of goods, <laughs> what did you expect to happen? When people get angry that they were lied to and taken advantage of and exploited, what did you expect? When people get angry that they can't afford to, to start a family or, or buy a house or, or save for retirement, what did you expect to happen? <laughs> you tell people nothing matters. You tell people sacred values are for the, the stupid and the naive, and then they embrace ideologies that offer at least a semblance of meaning and purpose. What did you expect when the opportunities that you promised turn out to be imaginary? The promises turn out to be lies. When people finally realize the system is designed to suck them dry and offer nothing in return, and then they start to wreck shit? <laughs> what did you expect? When people feel that they have no stake in society, when their lives are worse than the lives of their parents, and when they look at their children and they realize that those children's lives are going to be worse than theirs, when, when they've been denied the chance to build and, and create and, 
and nourish. <laughs> and then they go out and they discover the bitter joy of destruction. What the fuck did you expect was going to happen? Okay, that's, <laughs> that's all I got for this week. I'll catch you later.